You're listening to the Creekside Church Sunday morning message. And now, a message from Pastor George. How many of you guys started a new habit last week? Yes! <laughs> One. Uh, I want to welcome everyone watching online. Can we let them online know that we in-house love them by making some noise? Come on. Say hi to Angie, Pat P. The Kings are watching from Snowy Lake Tahoe. I am jealous a little bit. Um, Hannah's watching from Arizona. Uh, My mom's watching from Nevada. The Perry family's watching from Oregon. Uh, If you are online with them right now in-house, can you comment and let them know that uh, you're with them as well? Uh, Because we're in this together. We're in a message series called Creature of Habits. We all have habits, whether we realize it or not. Father, I pray that you speak to our hearts today, that you reveal your truth, and that we leave here better than we came in. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And the church said? I want to begin with asking you a question. When you woke up on your last school day or your last work day, think all the way back to Friday, if you worked Friday. Maybe you worked yesterday. Let me ask you this question. What did you do? What did you do? Think through your day. It's rhetorical. You don't have to say anything out loud. But what did you do? Think about what you did, because here's what I know. Chances are you did something similar to what you did the day before. Am I right? Even you retired folk. It probably looks something like this. You got out of bed. You checked your Instagram or your Facebook. Maybe you ate breakfast. Maybe you read your Bible. Then you showered. You got dressed. And you drove the same way to school or work as you did before. You did similar tasks at your job. You went to the same classes at at school. You drove home. You may or may not have remembered driving home. You have your evening routine when you get home. You eat dinner, or maybe you cook it first, or microwave it, or heat it up in the toaster oven. I don't know. Order it. Then you clean up. If you have kids, you give your kids a bath, right? Then you put them to bed. And then what do you do? You sit down and you binge a Netflix show. Or maybe you respond to email. And then eventually you end up in bed. See, I don't know what your day is like, but chances are it was probably very similar, if not the same, as the day before. Are you with me? Because I think about this statement, or because, and here's the reason why, and I want all of us to think about this statement. Much of what you normally do isn't the result of conscious decisions but a result of daily habits, daily patterns. Much of what we do isn't the result of a a conscious decision, but a result of daily patterns or habits that we have. Uh, A university, you may have heard of it, Duke, did a study in 2006, and what they found out was that over 40% of the actions that you take daily aren't the result of decisions you make, but the result of habits. 
It's proven. That's why if you really want to change where you're headed in life, you want to change the, the trajectory of your life, if you want to change who you become, we have to change our habits. If you were here last week, I talked about a book that I'm reading. Some of you, you let me know that you're reading it for a second time. And I hope that some of you, uh, you know, felt compelled to get the book and, and read it yourself. But it was, it's called Atomic Habits. It's by an author named James Clear. And he talks about the reality that many, many of us have similar goals. Like we all have goals. We want to be healthier, want to have a healthy relationships, healthy marriage, uh, be financially strong, secure, uh, grow spiritually. But many of us end up with dramatically different results. Same goals, but different results. Why is that? Because goals don't determine our success. Systems determine our success. To quote James Clear again, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. And I want to talk this morning about systems, not from necessarily the book by James Clear, but from a biblical perspective. I want to show you a powerful example of a guy who had a system, or we could say he had one habit or a pattern of doing something specific that made a, a significant difference in shaping this guy, and his name is Daniel. I mentioned him last week. He had one thing that he did that made a significant difference in becoming who God wanted him to become. Now, if you probably have heard of this guy. If you've ever been in Sunday school, you probably have heard of him if you know what a flannel graph is. Most think of Daniel as Daniel in the lion's den. See, you've been to Sunday school. And that's pretty impressive. He stood down lions, and this dude survived. Also impressive is there were 120 young leaders as well. 120 young leaders who stood out in the nation. And out of all of them, Daniel is the one that rose to the top. Daniel is the one who stood out as the best, having exceptional leadership qualities. Daniel. In fact, here's what the Scripture says in Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. It says, Daniel soon, what did he do? Proved himself. He proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to do what? Place him over the entire empire. Why did Daniel stand out? Why did Daniel stand out above all of the other high officers and administrators? What made Daniel who he was? great question now you know he, he might have had a, a spirit of excellence maybe maybe he was good relationally I mean he had great leadership gifts obviously but we don't know exactly what it was that made him stand out 
But there was something in the life of Daniel that caused him to rise to the top among 120 other qualified and skilled people around him. There was something. Now, before I answer that question of what made him stand out, I want to tell you what happened. Daniel became popular with the king. He was going to get promoted, and there was a lot of people who didn't like Daniel out of jealousy. And I think anytime you experience success, it often breeds jealousy in other people. So his enemies decided to try and take him down. And they looked for any kind of weakness, any kind of flaw in Daniel's life, in his character. And they were looking for any kind of defect to disqualify him. But they had a problem finding it. Scripture says in Daniel chapter 6, verse 4, said, Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything. They couldn't find anything to criticize Daniel or condemn Daniel for. Why? Because he was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. They couldn't find anything, so they determined the only way to trip Daniel up was to do something about his God. Because Daniel was super in to his relationship with God. And it was their only way or their only chance of discrediting Daniel. So the enemies, what they do? They pressured, Dan, or pressured the king, tricked the king uh, in enforcing a law that if anyone prays, that if anyone prays to any other, you know, any other person except to the king for the next 30 days, they would have to be thrown into the lion den. But Daniel stood out. Daniel, he was so distinct. Daniel proved himself in such a way that out of 120 top leaders, he was the one that rose to the top. The one. Now, what made Daniel who he was? I would argue that it was a system. I don't think it's a goal. It's a system. It was one small habit, one small habit over time that he did daily that shaped his identity and gave him the confidence to be who God created him to be. I'm going to reveal this system to you. Daniel 6.10 says, But when Daniel learned that, he, that the law had been signed, he went home, knelt down, as usual, in his upper, upstairs room, with its windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day. Daniel prayed three times a day, just as he had always done. Giving thanks to his God. What did Daniel do? Sounds pretty much like a system to me, doesn't it? Daniel prayed three times. Not once a day, not twice a day, but how many times a day? Three. He didn't do it when it was convenient. Remember, there was a law put in place that you couldn't pray to anybody else except the king. 
He didn't do it when he had time. He didn't do it when it was convenient. He didn't do it after his show. He did it every single day just as he had done before. One small thing. One small habit. Listen, never underestimate how God can do something significant through one small habit. Never underestimate how God can do something significant, something big, through one small habit. Because here's what I know to be true, especially in my own life, that God loves to bless small acts of faithfulness. Small acts of faithfulness, and he, and he loves not just to bless them, but to do something special through them. In fact, over the course of my life, any part of my life that I would consider to be successful, as I think through and reflect through it, anything that I, that I would consider to be successful began as a small, positive, God-honoring habit. I mean, some fell off, some didn't take. But it didn't stop me, and, and over time, what happened? It changed who I am. It changed who I become. There wasn't one single thing that, that made me a better husband or a better father or a better pastor or a better leader. There wasn't one significant thing. But all of them together, over time, has helped reshape me and reshaped how I see myself spiritually, emotionally, and physically. One of the ways I'll, I'll share with you in full transparency. Uh, one of the ways a small habit change is uh, flossing. <laughs> flossing my teeth. And brushing every night. Do we have any dental hygienists in the room? Why? 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 Because if I, I hated flossing. I hated brushing my teeth twice a day. I hated it. It was a nuisance. It only padded my dentist's you know, income. Listen, I, I wrestled with some disciplines in my life. And the discipline and making the decision, the small decision to floss every night before I go to bed, every time I wake up or after I eat breakfast in the morning, to floss and brush my teeth, help me, you know, help, to, help me see myself as a disciplined person. One small thing, insignificant thing. Now, as a pastor, I realize I, you know, in my position, you need to be spiritually strong, and I understand that. It doesn't just, you know, happen. No, no one ever, you know, trips in to intimacy with God. It's like you just don't wake up one day and go, oh, I'm super close to God. It takes effort. Years ago, I started the discipline of tithing. I, I started the discipline. We weren't tithing much, but, and I wasn't tithing. I mean, I've, I've been tithing even before my wife and I got married. Why? Because it honored God. 
I, decide, I, I made the decision choosing to put God first in everything I do. When I met my wife, Kristen, even before we were married, when we were dating, we honored God with our relationship, and we made the choice to worship God every week together at church. To this day, no one in my family has ever said, hey, you feel like going to church today? Never. Even while we were dating. In the last number of years, I decided to pick up my Bible every single day and read one chapter every morning before I do anything else. I made the decision. It's small, but we made the decision early on to pray, Kristen and I and my daughter Madison, to pray anytime we get in the car to go on a trip, we pray together. And just, again, for full transparency, my wife and I, we pray every single night for you, for my family, before we go to bed. About 13 years ago, when I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, I made this, the decision to get healthy, to become a healthy person. You know, I, we, Kristen and I changed our, our eating habits. We began to work out, lose weight. Because listen, when I was youth pastor here, uh, every Wednesday night, we'd either go to Caro's with a bunch of, bunch of students or uh, some of the staff uh, would go to Wingstop when it first opened and we would pound a lot of wings. Lunch used to be Taco Bell all the time. Breakfast would be McDonald's. And I made the decision to change my diet daily, decided to eliminate soft drinks, drink water, exercise six times a week and, you know, for 40 minutes a day. Obviously, that ha habit has fell off a little bit. <laughs> but in that season of my life, in one year, small changes, very small changes. Yeah, you may go, well, that's a lot of small changes, PG. Yeah, it may be, but they were all small. Small changes, some very small, it changed who I was. How did Daniel set himself apart? How did Daniel have the faith to stare down lions? Lions! It started with the daily habit. Seeking God in prayer. Remember last week, when I was challenging us to begin, with the, uh, begin this year a little differently, instead of starting with these goals that we have to do, like these do goals, I, I challenged us to start with who, asking the, answering this question, who do I want to become? And then set out some who goals. And before we ask, what do I want to do, we need to ask, who does God want me to become? A godly parent, a bold witness, a healthy person, financially free of debt. What does God want me, who does God want, does, does God want me to become clean and sober? We have to ask the question, God, who do you want me to be? Now we have another applicable piece this week. And here's your challenge, here's your one assignment. 
based on that answer, based on who God wants you to become, based on who God is calling you to be, what one habit, what one small decision can you make, what one small discipline can you implement in your life to move you in that direction? Where do you need to start? Listen to me. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be, you know, this big old grand plan and this one big life-changing thing. Because it's better if it's small. It's better if it's small. Maybe for you, you know, something small. You know, it's may, something small. Like you, uh, you never hit the snooze button again. Some of you are like, whoa, PG, that's, that's kind of in my space there. You never hit the snooze button again. Maybe for some of us, it's we read the Bible app instead of Instagram first. Or TikTok, or if you're over 40, Facebook. If you're over 50, the Facebook. What's what? Maybe, maybe you're sitting there going, I want to become someone who cares. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, we'll talk about this next week, but a lot of people say that, you know, I look like I don't care. I'm, I'm, that's not me. That's, I'm not being transparent there. I'm just using that as an example. If you're sitting there going, I want to be someone who, I want to become someone who cares. Maybe you should take up or make the decision, make it a habit to write one note of appreciation a day to somebody. Maybe you're sitting there going, I want, a people, I want to be a person who is organized. How about this? Make your bed. Make your bed. First thing, make your bed. Maybe, maybe you're sitting there going, I want to be a godly example to my teen. How about you go, listen, Johnny or Susie or whatever the name of your teen is. How about you and I get up and we're just going to read one verse together and then pray together before you go to school. Maybe you're sitting there going, I want to be a, a person that is more focused. Well, maybe you should start your day. Maybe make a list of priorities to start your day. Or you want to be a person who's healthier. Do what I did. Eliminate soft drinks. Make that decision just to eliminate soft drinks. Again, based on who you want to become. Not, not you, if you've surrendered your life to Jesus based on who God is calling you to be, what's one new discipline, habit, that you can implement in your life that will move you in that direction? Where do you need to start? Create a system. Create a system. Now, some would say, listen, man, I don't have systems. But you do. Every single one of us has a system. You either have it by intent or you have it by default. But we all have a system. You have a system. We all do. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, your system may be, you know, get up late after slapping the snooze button six times. Then you yell at your kids and then you put on your makeup in the car and you go to work and then you gripe at work saying how much you hate your job. And then you drive home and then you eat dinner and then you go to bed and you feel guilty. 
That's a system. Not a very good one, but that's a system. What new habit, based on who God wants you to become, do you need to create? Have, uh, have you ever heard of the habit loop? Read Atomic Habits. This happens in life. That this habit loop happens in life. And here's how it plays out. The habit loop, it, loop, it starts with a trigger. It starts with a cue or a trigger. You see something, you walk by the pantry, you walk by the fridge, uh, you get bored, you're angry, and you're hungry. That leads to action or a response. And what do you do when you walk by the fridge? You open it up, ooh, a piece of cake. I've earned this. I've had a crappy day. And you eat that piece of cake, and then you yell at somebody because you ate the whole piece of cake. Or you pound a box of C's, nuts, and chews. May or may not have happened. <laughs> so after the action and the response, after you eat that, what do you get? You get the reward. Trigger. Action or response to reward you get that dopamine hit that sugar rush the pleasure the extra nines you know after hitting the 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 snooze six times you get that extra 10 minutes of sleep then it's right back to the trigger this is how habits are formed trigger action response reward trigger action response reward And we got this new habit formed. How do we start a new habit? What we want is we want the trigger and the action to be two things. Two things. They're not revolutionary. But they're transformative and powerful. The first thing we want is to make the, the new habit obvious say it with me make the new habit obvious if you want to change what you do change what you see if you want to change what you do change what you see make the trigger make the cue obvious if you want to take vitamins don't keep the vitamin bottle in the cupboard i know this from personal experience my my my, my vitamin bottle is on the counter in front of our bread box. So every morning, I see it. Put them out the night before. If you want to read before bed, don't leave the book on the shelf. Put it on your pillow. If you want to write a note daily, an encouraging note to someone every day, put the card on your desk at the end of the day for the next. Make it obvious where you see it. The second thing that we want to do is we need to make it easy. This is what, you know, makes it so doable and fun. You don't need to overshoot and say, I'm going to read through the entire Bible in one year. Because you won't. Instead, say this year, I'm going to read daily one chapter a day. Maybe for some, it's one verse a day. Start small, but start somewhere. And then watch it grow. I didn't start out reading a chapter a day. I started on my YouVersion app years ago. 
reading that one verse that pops up every day. Or maybe you're saying, I want to begin to pray with my spouse. Start small. Start small by holding your spouse's hand and and thank God for one thing today. Just thank God for one thing. I mean, thank God for toilet paper. Come on, somebody. (laughs) That'd be pretty bad if we didn't have that. Maybe you would say, I want to journal. And, and maybe start journaling one sentence a day. Maybe, maybe just write one line of what you're grateful for or what you saw God do that day. Start somewhere. Maybe you're saying, I want to get, this year I want to get healthy. Start with 10 push-ups. And for some of us, if you go, well, that's a lot, then start with five. Maybe, <laughs> maybe start with and if you go, man, I've, I cannot do a push-up, maybe you just start by, you know, just g- getting down on the ground. Because you know what? You get this far down, you got to get up. I mean, start somewhere. Start small. It doesn't have to be big. I mean, listen, for those who want to get spiritually stronger and know God intimately, that's why we have our New Believers class kicking off February 7th. It's a Wednesday night here. Uh, and, and my friend Graham is, is super excited to, to walk you through some of the, the core foundational beliefs of, of our relationship with Christ. There's a lot of you who just surrendered to Jesus within the last year, and you have no idea what to do with this relationship. We made the next step obvious and easy. You just got to sign up for it and show up. Maybe you're going, this year I'm, I'm, I'm re-defining you know, who I am. I'm going to become who God's created me, 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 to, God's created me to be. And then you know, I'm, I'm moving beyond my you know, identifying with my addiction. Because that's not who I am. I am blood-bought and I'm redeemed and I'm regenerated, and I'm transformed by the blood of Christ and His work on the cross. So I'm going to begin to move in that new identity. Because that's my old self. I'm going to live, and and I know I need support, and I need people around me to walk with me, so I'm going to jump right in to celebrate recovery. I'm going to connect with my friend Ryan. And I'm going to start going on Mondays. Again, obvious and easy. Maybe you're, you know, one of my, my uh, desires for Creekside Church is to really attack mental health. To have an, an environment, a space within our ministry for mental health. And right now we have a guy named Perry Peakey who has gone through the, the training and the education to become certified as a Christian coach. And he's available and willing to meet with people. If, you, if you're dealing with anything emotionally and spiritually and physically, you can email us here and we can get you connected with Perry. And, and Perry's just the first of many I would love to see be raised up and trained and educated to really help attack and help those with, not attack those with mental health issues, but help those with mental health issues. 
Easy steps, obvious and easy. Start small and see what happens. What are you doing? We're building a system. A system. Here's how you can write it out. You can say this, I will do blank after I blank. Name your cue. Name your trigger. What is your trigger? Then name your action. Name your cue and then name your action. Daniel would have said something like this, after I eat breakfast, I'm going to go up into my prayer closet and pray. What are you going to do and what is your cue? After I get up, I use the restroom. I make oatmeal or a bowl of wheat checks with walnuts. I read my Bible, a chapter, and then I, I pray. I pray for you, I pray for my family. Then I watch the news. I'm not proud but I watch the news. Then I shower. I get dressed. I talk to my wife, Kristen. I tell her I love her. She leaves to work, and then I leave. What I got is a system, a pattern, a routine that aligns my heart with God, renews my mind with the truth, minus the news, and empowers me to do what God has called me to do. Now, what I need to add into my system is some exercise. I need to add that. And that's my, what I'm shooting for this year. It may take me all year, but I'm shooting for it. Just a few small things started over a period of time that helped shape who I become. We all have a system. I just shared with you my system. What's yours? What is yours going to be? Maybe for you, it's after I make coffee, I read my Bible verse. Maybe for you, it's after you put the kids to bed, you know, you do a 30-second plank. Maybe for some, after you brush your teeth, you journal one sentence. Maybe for others, after you journal one sentence, you hold hands with your spouse and you thank God for today. I don't know what it is for you. But successful people do consistently what other people, other people only do occasionally. People who are close to God are not there by chance. They have small disciplines that draw them closer to God. People who are financially strong, they are disciplined in their spending and their saving. And they have a plan. They, ha- they have a mindset of uh, good, wise spending habits. People who are in shape, you know, that they don't have a golden corral body, if you know what I mean. It takes a plan. It takes some exercise. It takes small disciplines consistently done over time. Here's a freebie. No one ever drifts into success. But many drift away from success. Nobody trips in to being successful, but many drift away from it. Consistently, over time, you build momentum and it changes our identity. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up as I close. Here's what I'm, I'm pretty confident about. No matter how much success that any of us have ever experienced throughout our life, because we're human, 
no matter how much success that we've ever experienced throughout our life, the truth is we are rarely satisfied. Right? We, we go through these feelings of discontent, seeking, searching for something more or something else. What we have to realize is that maybe we have been living with the wrong kind of goals. Maybe, you know, the goal you have been chasing are means goal or goals, means goals. And what that is, it's, it's a goal that leads to something else. Like a, you, you've heard the phrase, a, a means to an end, right? How do you know if your life is full or consumed of means goals? Because on the other side of accomplishing that goal, there is always a so. So. I want good grades so I can go to a good school, so I can get a degree, so I can get a good job, so I can make a lot of money, so I can retire, and so on, and so on, and so on, so on. The problem is this. Whenever there is a so on the other side of it, then fulfillment, happiness, contentment, and joy is always deferred into the future. There's always something else out there in the future. Instead of setting means goals, let's set end goals. The only end that I can find on the other side of you know, every so is not another goal, but it's going to be a who. It's not what I'm getting. It's not where I'm going. It's who I'm becoming. And the only end goal that ever seems to matter is if I become more like Christ. Then if that becomes the driving force of your life, then you can say, I'm not successful when I hit my goal somewhere in the future. I'm successful when I have honored God today. It's not not in some big result somewhere down the line in the future. It's It's in a single act of faithfulness and obedience today. I'm successful because I've honored God today. That's the end goal. I'm successful because I've honored God today. Stand with me if you're able. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for two groups of people. I'm going to pray for those who need to add that one daily habit, and I'm going to pray for those who need to make that one significant decision of surrendering your life to Jesus today. Heavenly Father, we come before you with grateful hearts. Lord, we acknowledge that many of our our daily actions are shaped by habits and patterns and decisions that we make, and we desire to align our habits and uh, our decisions that we make with your will. We thank you for the example of Daniel, Father, a man whose small but consistent habit of prayer shaped his identity and ultimately drew him closer to you as you continued to shape him into the man that you wanted him to be. Now, 
Listen, with, as we close our time together, I, this is the other group of people I want to pray for. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, I invite anyone here to contemplate one of the most life-transformative, life-changing decisions that you can make right here and right now and today that will guarantee to uh, change your eternity. And that's to surrender your life to Jesus. Maybe for some, it's to recommit your life to Jesus. Let that be the first step you take in becoming who God has created you to be. Because without making that choice, you can't. And the Apostle Paul simply said, if you can believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that he died and three days later God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I like to say, the other part of that, even though that's complete, but for our part, to acknowledge that we're a sinner, a sinner in need of a Savior. That's all you got to do. In your own way, just say, Father, I surrender to you, I place my trust in you, and I, wanna, I want you to lead my way. I'm yours. So, Lord Jesus, help us to be intentional about the habits we form making them obvious and easy as we seek to become more like Christ. May the small acts of faithfulness in our daily lives lead us to trans, uh, transformation, Father, and bring honor and glory to your name. And we pray for the strength to start the, the new habit that we need to start that honors you in every aspect of our lives. Guide us as we set in goals focused on becoming more like Christ finding success not in the future, finding success not in future achievements, but finding it in our daily acts of faithfulness and obedience. May your Spirit empower us to live out these habits, drawing us closer to you each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.